Hey guys, I'm Stevie Nelson. And I'm Dave Horwitz. And this is I Burn Everything, a food and relationship podcast. Hi, Stevie Nelson. Hello, Dave Horwitz. It's wow, good to I never see you. It's so nice to see you. I never say your full name. I always say Dave. And everyone knows who I'm talking about because I just say Dave. I never say Stevie Nelson. No, but it's it is a really, formal. it is a really, no, it's a really solid name. You got to know it's a really solid name. Thank you so much. Um, I feel grateful that my last name is Nelson. It's one of my favorite names and it would be hard for me to ever leave it behind. I think it's a great full name. Like people weirdly say Dave Horwitz to me a lot. Like I think just because Dave is a very stock name and and the yeah. full name kind of has a nice ring to it. We have nice ring to it full names. Yeah, we do. They're really nice. Stevie Nelson, Dave Horwitz. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Um, we also, in the interest of full transparency, have already recorded our episode and it is a absolute killer. It's so good. It's such a good episode. I learned a lot, asked a lot of questions, and we laughed a lot. It's like our favorite type of episode. It's um, a beautiful buffet in a world where buffets don't exist anymore. Yeah, it's a beautiful buffet virtually. Uh, he is a talent manager and a facilitator of dreams. This is Johnny Webster. Let's go. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Stevie. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Dave. Hi, it's nice to meet you. You as well. You as well. Thank you guys for having me. I'm very excited. Oh, thank you for thank you for being with us virtually. Thank you for being with us very virtually. <laughs> um, we're really happy to have you here, which um, already leads into our first question for you. Um, I saw your Black Boy Joy shirt on Instagram, and I was like, please wear that mm-hmm. uh, for our Zoom slash uh, podcast. Um, first, before we start asking about Black Boy Joy, can you tell us what the word joy means to you? Joy is my smile. Joy is my dance. Joy is my voice. It's my laugh. It is how I move through the world. Joy is love. It is my dogs. It is Mm. my recovery. It is my being. It's everything. Uh, Yeah. That's, I'm so glad you said that because I, I, uh, I, I, I think about literally, it's just, it seems fortuitous because you know, you and I have never met, but I, I think about the concept of joy all the time. One of my first conversations with my girlfriend, we both sort of found ourselves in a, in a conversation about specifically that word and what it means to us and how it is sort of the driving force in our lives the older we get because it's kind of, in a way, all we have is the pursuit of it. So uh, how, how do you, do you feel like there's a specific way that you pursue it in your day-to-day life? Uh, and, and especially if it, is, if it is that important to you? You know what's interesting is I did not, and it's funny, I, for prior to this 2020, I didn't understand joy. I generally did not. I would, people would ask me like, oh, have you seen this movie, this movie? And it's usually like Frozen or one of the sort of Pixar animated movies. And I would say, I don't have that kind of joy. I don't have the joy it takes wow. to watch a movie that's joyful and, and fun and light. And 
oh my god don't cry um <laughs> but it's true like i i just i didn't have it and i didn't understand it but you know what's what's so fascinating is everyone saw it in me like it was amazing how people saw me as this really happy joyous and free person but i didn't and and 2020 happened and the pandemic happened and then the big you know movement happened with you know black lives matter and george floyd and ahmaud arbery and brianna taylor and i was i was crushed by all of this and then and i was but prior to that i was my instagram was basically just me dancing on tiktok um which <laughs> we don't have to talk about which also is a that's a form, but of, it was joy a form too. of expression i just yeah. did it for fun but one i stopped doing it when all of that happened and i saw my light go away and so one day a song came out and someone said, Johnny, you should do this on TikTok. And I was like, no, I just don't. I feel like I got to just like stay in this sort of this socially active, you know, political place. And I played this song and I started moving and I just smiled. And I was like, oh, I'm smiling and I'm dancing. That's my joy. That's where my joy is as a kid. When I was dancing and moving and smiling, I was in joy. And I lost that along the way as we become adults and we life happens. We lose that childlike wonder. And so I found that again. And that's my joy. Ooh, I love what you hit on too, that that um that you couldn't see the joy in yourself, but then you could feel when that light started going out. And it's so interesting because I think dance is such a facilitator of joy. I, I dance for five minutes every morning. I have like a morning dance party and I am not kidding. The days that I do that, I have a good day. The days that I don't, I don't. I maybe need to start doing that a little bit because I, I and it used to be a kind of a psych up thing because I, when I would perform live starting in, in college into my adult life but I stopped eventually I to psych myself up I'd put on really loud music and kind of like bop around my room I think it's kind of a bit of a universal thing but I have I, I it, that's not really a part of my life anymore but I remember connecting to that and being able to see say like that's a, this feels silly this is goofy but it's allowing me to tap into something that I can then go out and, and use in my life. And I think that my form of that now might just be talking in a dumb voice or doing a, a, a bit to make my girlfriend laugh or to make a friend laugh. And um, I think you can lose sight of all that the older you get. Pure joy, I mean, where you go, I haven't worked hard enough this week. I mean, as, as a writer, I haven't hit a page count that makes me feel okay. And um, work becomes more important than mm -hmm. making money. And uh, and I think maybe since everything has slowed down and everyone is really looking inward, it feels uh, more crucial than ever to fill the time between the time with something that feels nice because not a lot of stuff feels yeah. nice right now. I was going to say to Stevie's point, I actually was going to say to her point about the five minutes and truly like my TikTok dances, I'm doing it maybe in, it's like five to 10 minutes of just like, I kind of just like make it up as I go. And then I film it. I film it as I'm making it up. And it just, whatever comes, comes. And everyone's like, oh my God, like, how did you do that? Like, I'm like, I just move. I find a song that I like or a, a beat that I like and I just close my eyes and I just go, okay, I put the timer on the thing. I go three and it counts me down three, two, one. And I just go. 
and I just do whatever I'm going to, and it feels good. And you, and there's not a single person. I don't think that I don't know a person yet on this planet that does not find some joy in watching either a child dance or some form of dance. There's even if it's bad dancing, like there's something about just the idea of just like feeling your body and moving. And I'm even getting chills right now. You can't see it, but like, I wanted to be a dancer my whole life. And I was told as a kid, boys don't dance. And I also grew up really poor. So I didn't have any money to pursue dance. And so I, but I always loved just like, it made me feel so good. And and also at the same time, I was so judged by it being a black boy growing up in the South, you know, like you're supposed to be a man and girls dance and don't be feminine. And, you know, but it was like the girls around me would just be dancing and having a good time. And I wanted that when the boys were out playing sports or whatever, it's like, I don't connect to that. I connect to like moving my body and I see, you know, and I, and maybe it's because I grew up around women, just like the movement of the body and just like that flow of, I just loved it so much. And as I got older, I just, I, once I tried to pursue it professionally, i lost my joy because it became a thing that I wanted to do that I couldn't do because I, in my mind, I wasn't good enough. And so I didn't dance. I didn't dance. Yeah for maybe 10 years. I only literally started dancing when I started doing wow. TikTok. And it and it was like, oh, wow. and everyone's so responsive to it, CV and Dave. Like it's and I'm like, trust me, there are better dancers doing it. But what I recognize is I'm having yeah. fun. It's funny. Okay, I'm gonna say this and we'll go into something else if you want to. But I, so I auditioned for the very first season of So You Think You Can Dance. It was the very first. I just moved to New York. I got off a plane. I heard about they were auditioning and I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And I did it and I did this really stupid. It was not a very good dance. And and Carrie Ann Anaba came up to me. I was leaving defeated. Carrie Ann Anaba literally followed me out the, the uh, I was at the Apollo Theater, followed me out the theater and said, listen to me, you don't have the feet. You don't have the moves. But when I'm looking at you, I am so happy to look at you. You were smiling and having a blast. And that is what matters most. She was like, you can go take classes for the next year. But there was something about the way you were just in your body and moving and smiling. I love that. And I was like, (sighs) and I was like, great. I, I don't need to do this again. Wow. Yeah. I think I agree with her. It your your joy when you dance is palpable. Like you can see it. And like I don't even have TikTok, but I watch all of your TikTok videos, you know? Like and that's what's interesting about that. It's like I like that there's a vehicle. I like that TikTok allow is a vehicle for people to follow their joy. Like that really feels and it's it's just so palpable when I watch you dance. Also, you're such a good dancer. It's like a joke <laughs> that you're saying you're not a good dancer. I'm like, are you kidding? Uh, and I also agree to your point of like dance, like watching people dance, like the even watching people dance poorly is so fun and it's so because there's no such thing right when you're moving your body it's just expression so there's no really bad and there's like there is obviously very good and technical but like I'd rather watch someone who's having fun than ever watch someone who's like so good and kind of like not having a good time I uh it's it's funny I haven't seen you dance but hearing you talk I, I was thinking I bet he's actually good because I I know so many people who um 
you know, speak so passionately about the things that they like and qualify it with like, and I'm not even that good. Yeah. And the people I know who do that are actually great because, because, and obviously, and you know, I, I, there's some people who are passionate about what they do and they're not good at it, but they think they're amazing. But the way, the way that you talk about this, it, it, I mean, it, of course I mean, you, you have to be great. And I think the passion comes through when people like something that much and it just it makes other people happy and i think i mean it, I'm, I'm glad i i asked you about what the word means because i i never was a i mean i'm still not a dancer but i've gotten a few compliments okay. in my life right? in in the you, dance you know party. Uh, but but but, but I, in 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 the realm of like thinking you're horrible but knowing you like it and someone going like you actually have a little rhythm and i i'm a drummer and stuff so i'm like oh okay like you know i'm a writer and it almost is i, I don't know if you guys can relate but when it's something that you like that much like i never have wanted to ever be a dancer but being a great dancer or singer is like the best thing in the world and so aspirational so when two people in my life have been like you're actually not a bad dancer it feels the equivalent of someone going like, Hey, your script was <laughs> amazing. Like it feels almost the same or better than, than being complimented in my own field. Cause it's so everybody loves dance. And so, yeah, yes. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean as a talent manager. I'm very good at my job and that's exciting and it's great, but there's something about when people see the other things that I do for fun and they're like, Oh wow. Like that's you you know what I mean? Like, I teach my friend's daughter on school, uh, on school, on Zoom in the mornings. And like, it's so much fun. And people like are literally asking me, like, can you teach my kid? And, my, and I'm like, I literally am not qualified to teach. It's just, <laughs> it's like my friend's daughter and she knows me and I know her. And I just know how to like make it fun by like singing and dancing with her and like making weird shapes with my body of the letters that we're doing, you know? But it's like, it's I'm so cute. I'm, it's so cute. I'm not, like, I'm not a uh, when you, when she stops focusing, um, when she stops focusing, you're like, Hey, focus. I'm like, I like him like cry laughing. Cause she's so, she's so young she's and it, she's four, but she kind of gets it. Like she's very smart. She, you know, it's funny. Like we had, we've, I've been doing this for like three weeks now. And it's interesting because you see, I see her every day at 7am and and she is like a kid. She's a four-year-old. She just like, she's like not into school. Like not, it's like not, you know. And so I try to make it fun. And so when she kind of goes off into her things, I kind of go into, I'm like, Poppy, like focus. Because at the end of the day, it's 7 a.m. I want to be in bed. I don't want to do this for 45 minutes. So if you do this now, <laughs> A, you can go to the park when you, because she goes to the park after school. I'm like, you can get to the park and I can go back to bed. You know what I mean? Everybody so wins. Win-win. I know. So I'm like, just, and so the other, so basically I had to have an off camera conversation with her, which was terrifying for me because I had to have a conversation about like, listen, like I know uncle, like I'm fun and you like this and we have a good time, but this is as much as this is fun. This is education. Like you need to start focusing on the letters that we're doing and trying to remember them because again, like, this is all about, this is preparing you for kindergarten. So what, what the yeah. time that we have is valuable because you're getting to learn something new and you're going to have to focus and pay attention because again, when you go into school, you're not going to, you may not have a teacher who's going to be as loose as I am or who's going to 
let you play with your hair and make all these, you know, I'm like, so this is time for us to focus. And she was starting to cry. And I was, and her mom was texting me. She's like, don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, but this is She's like, I need this kid to do do better. She was like, don't stop. I was like, she's about to cry. But again, and then literally after that conversation, she's been, and so when I say focus, she like, and then we comes back. Comes back. Yeah, you can see it. Like you can see that. And what a what a nice like thing to be like, you know, our previous talk about joy and then focus. It's like mm-hmm. they can live together. Like they can live nicely together in in this paradoxical world where you can be joyous and take something seriously or, you know, and so beautiful. Um, will you tell us a little bit about Black Boy Joy? Like what is it? Is it a brand? Is you know what I mean? Like, what is it? So, Blackboard Joy originally started out as just me f- coming off of of you know Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. I was I was in such a heavy place. I was in a dark place emotionally. I was trying to process why this is still happening in such a in such a big way like why is it that in the last 2 weeks you know three people have died at the hands of police brutality and white supremacy and so yep. as a and again as a black person and as usually the only black person in a lot of spaces i i just didn't have i didn't feel i could have my voice i didn't feel like i could say anything because i didn't want to offend people that I work with or people that I have business with or industry, you know what I mean? So I was so closed off. And as I was starting to like, let like coming to my own voice, I started to just like, I played a song one day. It was, um, it was a song that I remember as a kid, you know, little, little black boy in the ghetto. Um, and I remember how I was this like, just like black boy and I was black boy joy and I was a black boy with joy. And then I just posted like black boy, I found my black boy joy because, you know, I found that black boy who was growing up in Memphis, who was so joyful despite living in the ghetto, despite living in impoverished, the, despite being in poverty, like I was a happy kid. I was a black happy kid living in the ghetto. And it just hit me as like, Black boy joy, like that's me. That's who I am. I am a black boy with joy. I'm black. I'm I'm a boy, and I'm joy, and I'm joyful. And I, and I just wanted to start to build that up. I didn't even think it would become what it's become. And because again, it's just me being authentically me, me being black, a boy, and being joyful. You know, and I oftentimes will throw in black gay joy black boy black gay boy joy because again all of the things that i'm supposed to be ashamed of i'm proud of i'm proud to be black i'm proud to be gay Mm. and i can be both of those things and have joy despite what the world is saying that i should and shouldn't be i can be those things and i'm going to be that unapologetically because what do i have to lose at this point you know if i'm gonna die accidentally I mean, we say accidentally, but like if I'm going to walk out of my door and I'm going to get shot, I want to go, I want to, when I'm done, when I leave, when I die for everyone to say, well, he died happy, joyous and free, right? Black boy joy. 
that's what I want. And so it's become this, this state of being. And I'm, I'm starting to try to brand it in some weird ways, but I'm just really just being me and people are loving it. And I'm loving that people are finding their joy through my joy, because I think you can spread joy and joy is contagious. It's like a smile. It's contagious. So I want to spread that. I'm so moved by what you're saying because uh, I mean, there's obviously a layer on top of it where just the idea of, of dying for no reason is, is tragic in and of itself, but the uh, hope and, and the harnessing of the joy is, is very moving to me because it's an exploration of your authentic self. And I think that it's something that, I mean, that's thinking about authenticity as it pertains to joy, the way they go hand in hand. I think about that stuff all the time and I don't have, and my privilege affords me not having the extra layer of fearing for your own life and, and imagining that, that it could end for no reason. But I think it, if it allows you to, to live your life fuller and, and, and louder, it's a, it's kind of a way of doing the impossible, which is gleaning something positive out of something tragic. And it's, it's extremely moving to me. I think it's, I think it's, I think the the tenets of a movement are like a movement is only as strong as it's the, the, the tenets of it. And, what you just said, I feel like will and has resonated with tons of people. That really is like, that's huge to me. That's, it's you. beautiful. Thank you for saying that. You know, I, I, and that was part of it. It's like, I am not going to let, I'm not going to let the world make me afraid to be me. I'm not going to live in fear and stay inside and not be me and shut down and, become a shell of myself because they win, you know, and they is whoever it is. And that of that day of what it is, is it the police? Is it the institution? Is it white supremacy? Is it oppression? Is it, you know, whatever it is, I'm not going to let that stop me from living my authentic life. I'm not going to let, I'm no longer, and I say no longer because there was a time where I was letting that universal they control how I move through the world because I needed to be the black person that was safe for white people, for white executives, for white producers, for white blah, 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 or just people in general, because I needed to be, I needed to not be what people saw. I needed to, I needed for people to look at me and not see that I'm from the ghetto, that I'm, that I grew up poor, that I grew up, you know, not knowing my dad, that I grew up, you know, sometimes having lights on, sometimes not having lights. That I grew up, you know, all, I didn't want them to see that. And so I needed to do everything I could to make that possible. And I was changing how I talk, changing how I dress, like being more gay because being gay is a little bit more acceptable than being black. And then all of a sudden I'm so angry and resentful Mm. at all these people. And it's, it's my fault. I set up those false relationships i set up that false narrative for people to think that they could say to me you're more gay than you are black right like i've been i've been told that numerous times and i always leaned into that because i'm like okay good i'm safe okay i'm safe i'll be more gay i'll be more feminine i'll be and it's like that's not even really authentically me like i'm not as gay as 
I portray half the time. Like I'm just like not, but I know that that's going to make someone feel much more, more comfortable than if I was just like more, I used to work a job and they would say to me, if you don't smile, people are going to be threatened by you. I was a host. <laughs> I was. The, I. It was a restaurant. I was a host. Was a host. And, I, and they would say to me, "You, if you don't, you're gonna. Be, if you don't smile, you're gonna be threatening. I need you to smile. We hired you because you're cute, and you need to be cute." Not a world, yes. Johnny, where some a man may tell me to smile. We can talk but about not, that another time. <laughs> which I, yeah. which I will discuss on a different day. Um, but mm-hmm. that is something that would never happen to me because of my privilege and because yeah. I am yeah. a woman. And because if I don't smile, it's not a big deal. No one cares. It's what an intense thing to have to navigate identity mm-hmm. based on mm-hmm. racist systems because then you have to overcompensate right so now you have to pretend to be happy you have to pretend to be light i mean in order to make people who have really sick ideas mm-hmm. feel better it's it is exhausting i like literally like i would be so exhausted from you know code switching um that like when i would come home i'm like I got nothing. Like I used to have roommates be like, don't talk to me. Don't ask me questions. I got to go. I cannot do it. I can't, like, I just come home and I'm 12 hour days of exhausted of just like, you know, being Bojangles and, you know, with Shirley Temple. It's like, I'm like, like, like for dear, like that's who I had to be to succeed because, because, you know, if we're not more educated or smarter or, you know, have more, we, we, we don't have a shot. And because I didn't, because I don't have a degree, I had to really use what I knew worked to get my way. And that was being the safe black person that white people felt comfortable around or that certain women felt fond of so that they would take me on as like a son. So it's like, it feels, it's better. For, they feel better because they're like, it's, they're taking me in. I had to, I, I lived I lived an existence where I was always look, I needed to be invited in and I knew how to be invited in. It's kind of like, you know, when you think about like, guess who's coming to dinner, right? I knew that when that, when I came home with my white friends for Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever it was, because I went to school in Tennessee, it was like, oh my God, hey, so-and-so, like, because instantly like, okay, cool, he's gay, right? And I'm always uh, described as, yeah. oh, yeah, he's, you know, Johnny, he's like black and gay. Because if they say black, then they got to, well, then you got to try to explain what what kind of, you know what I mean? And I've heard, like, what kind oh, of black? Yeah. What does that, what does that mean? That. What is, what, but that's the thing. It's like, well, what does that mean? It's like, oh, right. Like, for example, like, my brother and I are night and day different. You know, my brother is in, is in jail for murder, right? That's my brother. So when you when you see my brother and you see me, you see a difference. They're afraid of my brother and they feel sorry for me because that's my brother. And I go, no, 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 no. We are the same. The only difference is I just happen to choose a different path. But we're both black. We have the same mom. We grew up exactly the same way. We were treated the same. We just we were we're different. But he's no. My brother's a very good person, a very good person. He just became a product 
of our environment. And that's a and that's a huge part of why I don't think people understand how what it's like to grow up being black. It is number one, the system is against us right away, right? We have lower education systems. Like like the policing is ridiculous. You know, and so we have fewer jobs. So there's housing issues, there's employment issues, there's all of these things. And so we, by default, don't have a shot. So if I'm growing up in the in the ghetto of, of, of Memphis, Tennessee, and my entire neighborhood is of that, we already out the gate don't have a shot. We're going to low-income schools. We get like, our, I mean, our lunches are like, you know, frozen pizzas and like, you know, whatever. So it's like, we're not eating properly. We're not nourished. We're not getting the right. No one wants to work in these schools because they're the inner city. So we're not getting great Mm -hmm. educations. We're not being set up to succeed. So when you, what do you expect for a black kid to do when they don't have the proper tools to even succeed in kindergarten? Right. And so you go K through, you know, five in a low, like I had, I was in a school TV and we didn't have books. I did not have books in middle school. The schools were so poorly funded that the teacher had one book and she would use, like make copies and we would get copies of, I, in, what was it? Seventh grade, seventh grade didn't have homework because I didn't have a book to take home. Cause there was no lesson plan. It was, they would just, yeah, it was, it's, it, it's wow. like that's the extent of what we as black people are are given as kids. And so what do you expect them to do? How do you expect anyone to succeed in that environment? What are they supposed to do? Like there's no shot, right? So of course they're going to go out and try no. to steal or try to like cuz they're going to have to feed a family. You have fathers who can't get jobs because they went to jail because they were selling weed or they caught they were caught with like whatever. So they're in prison. So out the gate Going to prison for having marijuana, they're now a, a, a criminal, they can't get a job. What do you expect for them to do to make a living? You know what I mean? You have kid, girls who are going to, and living in neighborhoods with, with men who don't know better. Kids are having sex with kids. Yeah. And then that, I was in, ugh, like, that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to go on this thing, but like, I was in sixth grade and three of my classmates were pregnant. What? What? No, no, Johnny. We don't (laughs) know what you mean. Like, like that wasn't my experience. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, that is such a different experience than my experience. You know, and like, no, we don't. Like, that is that's intense. That's and again, so what do we? How do we move? And again, it all comes down to. The system is against us. You know, we're, yeah. we're not getting funding. We're not getting housing. We're not getting employment. Healthcare. Health care. Like, I didn't have health insurance until, I don't even remember. I don't remember. I didn't have health insurance until I got a job. Yeah. Wow. Like, so, it, like it, being an adult. Being an adult. And I only got it because I have a job that provided. But, like, my sisters don't have health insurance because they're over the age. Like, after tw- you're 21, you no longer get health insurance through your parents. Yeah. If you don't have a job or a school that's provided, you don't have it. It's, it's, there's such a disadvantage, even in the 
say the best neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think of it like the analogy is like, we're all given backpacks, right? Mm-hmm. But like my backpack was filled with like books and mm-hmm. paper and crayons and all these things. Mm-hmm. And they sent you to school with an empty backpack mm-hmm. and they were like, well, I, I hope you can do the best you can go ahead and write something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't have any of the things. Mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. the system mm-hmm. needs to change. Mm-hmm. Through voting, of course, through of course. all the things, we have to change it because that's that's such like that type of disadvantage and that type of like needing the amount I imagine. And if I'm putting words into your mouth or saying anything that doesn't sit well, let me know. Like, but the amount of climbing the uphill battle you have to be just like human, mm-hmm. it's it's astonishing you know like because again you think about the education system and i was i just feel very lucky that like i went to like the boys and girls club in memphis so they had the you know it was like little community center so the boys and girls club uh, it was the boys club first and they integrated girls i went to the boys club when i was six i lied and said i was seven because i was like i can't be at home and be around or be in the neighborhood because i know at seven i knew six i knew this does not feel right So I went to the Boys and Girls Club and I was able to learn and like find arts and crafts. And so that was my first, my first thing that I was like, that was the first time I was like, oh, there is more. And funny enough, like my neighborhood was across the street from a historically black university, Lemoyne Owen College. And a lot of the college students as jobs worked at the Boys and Girls Club. So literally across the street from this literally low income neighborhood is an all black college. Um, and then there's a boys and girls club and I would see the, and I saw that and I was like, Oh, I want to go. I would like as a kid, cause again, you know, we're just kind of roaming around. I would go on the college campus and like walk around and like go see the like kids with like backpacks and books. And like, I just knew that I wanted that. And if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for where I grew up, honestly, even in the, even where I grew up, if it wasn't for having that school across the street, I don't realistically know where I would be today because I would not have seen that there is something better because all the people at that school looked like me, right? It wasn't a, it was a black college. So all the people in books and dancing in the halls and like the basketball players and the step teams and the fraternities all looked like me. So I knew that there was something different, but because of my upbringing, I had to fight really hard really hard because if you think about like going to a low-income school and then the middle school and then a high school and then trying to go to college you can have a 4.0 at your like all black you know income low-income school but then when you go to a college that's not all black or not even just go to college you were probably in college maybe a 2.0 right because the education system is different you're not learning what you would have learned you know at your school or what you know so it's just those are things that I don't think people are realizing when they're calling us thugs and because they're all getting pregnant or because they're all low income. Or it's like, well, when you look at how we grow up and what opportunities we have, we don't even have school lunches sometimes. Like our lunch is literally, like I said, frozen pizza. That's what we get for lunch. And they're kids who don't even get to eat when they get home because they don't have, their families wow. can't, find jobs we don't have so anyway so it, it was so that's what I carry yeah. inside of me that's the little boy that lives inside of me but despite that there was a community there was a joy there because we all were in the struggle and in the fight together 
And that's what I love so much about growing up the way I grew up is that I knew that, that we as Black people, we stick together no matter what. No matter what, if there was a stray bullet, every single freaking parent and adult was out there trying to figure out who did it and why. And if it wasn't in the neighborhood, we went and found them and they went to jail. You know, a lot of people like to talk about black on black crime. But the reality is, is that when that happens, we rally. We rally. I mean, so then that's and and to, to Stevie's metaphor, you know, that is what was in your backpack is that community and that family and that sense of togetherness. And honestly, it hearing that hearing the account of the sort of totality of your upbringing, it must feel like such a, and again, not don't want to put words in your mouth, but hearing you talk about the movement that you've created that came out of you organically, it must feel so liberating to live authentically after having to code switch, after having to count out to what you thought coworkers wanted, what you thought friends, parents wanted, what you thought, or, or what society was telling you, this is what we want. And I think it's just so, I mean, was there a moment where you were like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore? Or did it just, where did you just wake up and go, oh, I'm not, oh, I, I realize I'm not doing this anymore. Like the idea of remembering that person who had to do that at the friend's house, remembering that guy at the host station, uh, knowing I don't have to be more flamboyant because it makes people feel less threatened. Uh, I, I think it's like a weird sort of coming out all over again as like a new version of yourself. <laughs> oh, I see you mouthing something. No, wait, okay, I'm so, so excited. Time, so what are you going to say? say? A new coming out because We've now, we, I say we, but um, there's been a huge um, movement now uh, where Black people are coming out as being strong, Black, authentic voices, where they're talking about and speaking about. So it's funny you say coming out um, because a friend of mine posted, you know, an article that someone wrote about this new coming out now as Black and as authentic and as who you are. Because we now have the freedom to because what do we have to lose at this point? Do you know what I mean? Because so many lives are being mm-hmm. lost. It's like, I'm yeah. no longer sitting back and, and, sh- and shutting my voice so that other people can feel safe. Because the reality is that when I walk out of my door, I'm a black person. I'm not safe. And so I, I'm not, I can't say the exact moment because it, I don't know who's listening to this. I don't want to out anyone for, but I had a moment where I was posting a lot about, being black and about how I was feeling and a lot of people around me and us in a, in, in my world, white people around me were being very judgmental and, and they posted something about the looting and the protesting. That was not our movement. It was not that people, looters were looting, protesters were protesting. I saw a lot of people talking about that. I knew that I know in my circle and I had, and I, and I was, I talked to a friend and I was crying and I woke up that it was a Sunday and I literally, and I'm not going to curse cause I don't want to curse, but I, I woke up and I was like, F you to that person who I have so much respect for F you for posting that garbage F you. And I said, F you. And I, and everyone that I saw and I, ha- and I posted this story, I was like, I see you. I see your comments. I see your repost, 
Do not say you're my friend. Do not say you're my colleague. Do not say you're my whatever if you're going to post that garbage. And from that moment, I was like, done, done. Because Mm. if you have the privilege and the freedom to write what you want to write, well, guess what? So do I. And that's what I've learned more than never is that I, as everyone else, I have the freedom of speech just as you do. But just remember, sir and madam, with your freedom of speech comes my freedom of speech, right? And with that comes consequences. So just remember when you write that and you post that, people see that, I see that, and I'm not going to forget it. I'm not going to forget it. You know, don't say you're my friend and post that on, on Instagram. Don't say you're for black lives, but you've never seen a black show or gone to a black movie. Or don't say you're for gay people, but then you're, you know, posting all this. You know what I mean? So like that, it was, and that, and I remember that I was crying. I was yeah. crushed. And then I was like, no more. Hey guys, Stevie here. Just wanted to say, hey, why don't you contact us? You can email us at iburneverythingpod at gmail.com or you can even call our hotline and leave a message 213-458-5236. It's 213-458-5236 and we may even talk about your message or email on a future episode. So get to it. I love that, Johnny. I like that something... I like as much as this movement I think has been painful for a lot of people. And I think what's so beautiful and I think this is something that's very beautiful and was beautiful about the Holocaust too is the lack of willing the the like lack of willingness to let it mm-hmm. kill your light. And I think there's something about that. I remember even thinking, and I'm not likening it to the Holocaust. These things are very different. But like, I remember thinking about the Holocaust and being like, and as a Jewish woman learning about that as a kid and being like, how were these people not lighting Germany on fire, right? Like, I really was like, how are they not like for me even hearing about it I'm like should we remove Germany entirely like how do you not and they would speak of forgiveness and they'd speak of forgiveness and I think a part like of that that I found so beautiful is like this idea of like instead of you it's like you take the focus off them and you bring it back to you that's the revolution right like joy is the revolution Mm-hmm. Self-work, focusing on you is the revolution. Ugh, I love that. I love I love all of it because it's like it was something we've talked we've been talking about a little bit recently uh, on on the show is uh, and, and a lot of I mean I, I will cop to bringing it up a little bit because I think about it all the time is our work, aka white people, aka just me myself, is sit sitting in and being okay with the discomfort of. Uh, 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 reevaluating and reassessing everything and uh, rechecking your privilege and honestly knowing what that means. And so if the inner work of uh, somebody like you involves uh, uh, engaging with joy, uh, mine, I think, engages with discomfort. And it's, and it's, it's a matter of 
saying it's okay to not be quote unquote perfect and it's okay to feel like maybe you're not doing enough work or feel like you're 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 you've you've messed up however uh that's okay to squirm a little bit it's okay uh because in my mind i have to at least believe it's never going to be the same again and it and i think the people who have the hardest job are hateful people who wish it was the same and are trying to Put, have the blinders and have like the the you know one one uh, 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 blacked out sunglass uh, on their glasses so that they can go oh this isn't happening over here and it's it doesn't affect me and uh, I'm just gonna keep living my life and I'm not gonna take my Confederate flag down or whatever but I think that coming back to your own inner work is so important because it's amazing to be part of a movement and it's and it and it feels great to be part of something bigger than yourself but when it comes down to it personal joy, personal freedom, personal work. It's what's going to get us through any of this. And I say that about every movement. I say that about the pandemic in general, because I, I don't know how you feel, but I, I, I know that there are full days where I forget that there's something like this going on. And then next thing I know, I'm sitting in my closet recording, looking at a zoom screen going, Oh yeah, yeah. life is, <laughs> life is intrinsically different than it's ever been. And we're just, we, we've adapted and we're trying, I mean, and then there's people outside eating at crowded restaurants right. and you go, right. well, you have the, you have the half blacked out sunglasses and must be nice to, to have that kind of willful ignorance. But I, I personally don't think, most of us can do that anymore. I heard something early on, and I'm going to say it, um, that I, I heard something early on, and it was, if you're uncomfortable, you're growing, right? If you're uncomfortable, you're mm -hmm. growing. I think it's okay to be uncomfortable. And I think the more we sit in the uncomfortable, we, we then find the truth, right? So like I have been sitting in this uncomfortableness. This pandemic has been truly uncomfortable in the sense that like it's forcing me to be with myself every single day, all day long. And if I'm forced to sit with myself and be with myself all day long, eventually stuff's going to come up and I have the choice to either stuff it back down or let it breathe. Right. Just let it breathe. And I recently heard a friend say to me mm. as I was, you know, spinning out in my head about, I don't know, whatever it was that day, she about not being smart or not feeling like I'm, I'm smart enough or know enough. And she said, Johnny, smart people ask questions. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I have a, I have a story that I'm, a video that I'm posting um, that I talked about, about smart people asking questions. Because I think if more people now ask questions rather than try to make judgments or make opinions, we can really move forward, right? Like, what does it mean to be an ally? What does it mean to be anti-racist? What does it mean to be racist? What it means to be black? What does it mean to be white? What does it mean to be privileged? What does it mean to be entitled? And they're questions, right? We're just asking the question, what does that mean? What does it look like? I don't understand. And through those questions, if we get if we hear the answer and we can take in the answer, I feel like we can grow, right? Like I'm learning in my own life if I just keep asking questions, yeah. right? One of my biggest fears is being stupid. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm gonna I'm being stupid if I ask questions because I'm supposed to know all these things, right? Like I'm afraid, like I grew up poor, I grew up da da da. So I always feel like I'm that little boy who didn't have a book for a whole year of school and I don't know and I don't know everything. Who does? No one knows everything. Not even a genius. There's still things that you don't know. It may not be about molecular science, but guess what? You may not know what human connection feels like. So you don't know everything, right? So I feel like 
for me, this whole movement has just been about asking even myself questions like, do I know enough about my people, right? About our history. I'm seeing videos posts on Instagram about things I never knew about, like the history of Wilmington in 1869. Like, holy cow. Like, I didn't even know that. Right. Well, it's yeah. Also, it's definitely not taught in American history (laughs) (laughs) or any history. But again, it's like the more we ask questions, we I'm posting things so that people can ask themselves the question. Right. You you it's not say this was I believe this. I think you should. It's like, no, look at this. And then when you look at that, you look at you go, oh, mate, I didn't know that. Like, I'm learning more. I agree. One hundred percent. It's this is a weird pivot, but also perfect for the podcast. So bear with me. Um, I think it's kind of in that sense, like dating where it's like, Mm -hmm. you ever notice that when you're on a date and the person doesn't ask you questions, your takeaway from it is, huh, this person's not interested in me. This person is Mm -hmm. not interested in hearing how I see the world. This person's not interested in me. This person clearly has a different agenda, right? They're either trying to show me how smart they are or they're just not interested. And there's yep. there's an agenda other than getting to know you. And I think in dating, for, for me, one of the things I always look at is like, is this person curious about me? Or curious about mm. people, you other know? people in yeah. general. Because some people, Anyone. Some people yeah. date and yeah. never have an innate curiosity at all. And they're looking for someone that they can talk to about themselves, which is, you know, let's go out, let's have a drink. I'll tell you my life story. I'm not going to ask you any yeah. questions about yourself. And you might be charmed by me initially, but you're going to learn that I... Uh, will not be ans- asking any future questions about you uh, from this point forward, except, uh, hey, want to come home with me? And I think that that's, I think yep, that yeah. that's endemic of a real, I mean, that really tells you kind of all you need to know about someone. Right. I think dating for me, date the act of dating and going on dates, I've, dis- I've decided and I've, that dates are basically just opportunities to ask questions, to get to know someone, collecting information. Because so much about dating is like, well, I hope he likes me. I hope she likes me. I hope did it. And it's like, but like, do you like him? Do you like her? Like, that's the thing. Like, I need to ask, I need to, I'm always like, I'm just going to sit here and like, just fire out questions and like, just be me and like, you know, do the thing that I do. Because I have this really unfortunate Uh, bitchiness that I use when I'm on dates to just kind of be like sarcastic and bitchy and be like, well, like, I don't know, like, where do you see yourself? You know what I mean? Like, and it's me asking questions and it's seeing if they can handle me in the way that I am and how I'm going to be. Cause what you see is what you get. I know I, because I don't drink when I go on dates, um, what you see is what you get. So you get the version of me that you're going to get, on a Tuesday at three o'clock, like no alcohol, like this is it, bro. Like, what's up? You know what I mean? So like, I'm always asking questions, but the questions I'm asking aren't like, what's your favorite color? Like, do you like, yes, you better (laughs) like dogs, but like, no, like, (laughs) do you like cat? You know what I mean? It's like, I'm like, so like, how's your, how's it, what's like, what's your family like? Where, like, where are you from? Like, what do you do for fun? Like, those are the things to me in dating that are the most important because that's the, those are the like longevity things you need to be focused on. Like, how is he about family? How is she with, you know, her job? Like, is she motivated? Is he looking for more than just a hookup? And again, if that's what they're looking for, great. 
Now you know, you can now make an informed decision if you want to see this person again. But if you don't ask those questions and you're just drinking and being cute and and guessing and like, well, he didn't say anything, but like, I knew he liked me, but he didn't say anything. How do you know? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And it's like, (laughs) that's such a good point too. the, the thing of like, if you don't ask the questions, you're just making assumptions on dates, Mm -hmm. especially because it's like, I'll, I'll talk to people who are dating and I'll be like, is he like looking or she looking for a relationship? And they're like, I don't know. We haven't gotten there yet. And I'm like, I literally on the first date will be like, are you looking to get married anytime soon? And if it's, and if it's too much, like, then you shouldn't probably be dating me. It's not, it's not, you're not, you don't have a problem. That's good information for me. I want a commitment. I hate this idea that we can't ask those questions of like, do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? I'm not asking you want to have kids. Like, I don't want to have kids today. I want to know if you want to have kids, because if you don't want to have kids, what am I doing with you? I want to have kids someday. I don't know when, like, who knows? I want to have a home. I want to have a house. I want to like, I don't know that I want to live in LA forever. So I want to know that you want to live in it. Like, I'm just asking because like, these are things, because again, I find it so enraging when I have girlfriends of mine who's like, well, like it's two years later. I'm like, I just don't know if he wants to get married. You've been dating. For How'd two you get years. this far? You've been dating for two years. How do you not know this? I think like, it, I, I think I, he, he told me he doesn't want to have kids. He doesn't want to have kids. I think people get, I think, so, I mean, trust me, I've done it before. Ruby. You can be afraid to, you can be afraid to find an, to get an answer you're, you might not want to hear. So you don't ask mm-hmm. the question and kick the mm-hmm. can down the road or down the, 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 you know, you just, you just move it along and say, we're doing fine. We're doing great. Like t- this month was good. This year has been good. Maybe it'll come up. It'll organically come up. And if the other person's not bringing it up, it's not on their mind. And if it's on your mind that you're not asking them about it, I mean, it's good. It feels super dangerous. Cause you can, I mean, I've done it before where it's yeah. like, yeah. this is so fun. Who cares? We'll get, we'll cross that. We'll get there. And then we, ne- mm-hmm. we don't get there and then it's over. I'm too old to be yeah. trying to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not, oh, I'm 36, Same. but I'm like, I look, look, I'm not trying to like hook up and like do this thing for the next couple of years. And like, maybe when I'm 40, I'll settle down. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to live to 40. Right. Like I don't fucking freaking know. So like, I want to be with someone who I know that if we're not going to get married or whatever, we're going to have a meaning partnership that will go the distance. Right. Like maybe, maybe he doesn't want to get married and like, that's cool. Like maybe I don't want to necessarily get married, but I want a commitment. That's a, like, there are compromises there, right? It's not like he doesn't want to get married so I can be with him. It's like, but like, why do you, do you want to get married or do you want to have a wedding? Right? Like let's, yeah. you yeah. know, I, I heard Oprah yeah. on her podcast say those things. She was like, Oprah's like, I wanted a wedding. I didn't want to get married because I feel like, well, because she says Stedman's ideal of marriage was like, you got to be a woman that does this, 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 and that. And she was like, mm, I don't want to do those no, things, thanks. but I want to be with you. And that's the only reason yeah. why they're not married is because she doesn't want to I be, she's not going to be the kind of wife that he wants to be. And he knows that. And they're except it's like, Yes, like find the compromise. Look, you don't want to have kids, right? Cool. Can we get a dog? How about two? <laughs> How about three? <laughs> three. 
<laughs> but I mean, but those are the things that like, why is it, why is it bad? Like, why are you crazy as a woman? If you ask a guy on the first day, do you want to have kids? Or do you want to get married? I, you're, I don't know, but I do it. I literally will straight up just ask. And what's so nice about leading with humor is that you can ask that and it's charming and it's funny. But if I asked it dead serious, like, so do you want to get married? I've heard men, I have like from this podcast, from asking around, I've heard men and women be like, on the first date, he like asked me if I wanted like eventually to get married. And I just felt like that was a lot. And I'm like, why do you think people are dating? Yeah, dating. Also, like, <laughs> how do you expect to come to any version of a compromise if you never get the mm-hmm. information? Yeah. It's just, you're just abandoning yourself, essentially, if you're not asking the questions. And that to me is like, well, that's a dishonest relationship, essentially. Also, for, um, for the most part, that's Johnny, all we have. Like, yeah. like right now, if, you, if you're dating, quote unquote, in, in this time, before you can vet someone enough to say, oh, you've gotten a COVID test or you've isolated for a month and you live by yourself, you can come over to my porch or my room. Like, you got Zoom, you got FaceTime, you got the phone, you got texting, you got uh, uh, messaging in an app like are you are you doing that and and are are you are you finding a way to date even in this time Mm -hmm. if you can ask me the size of my anatomy on the first day i can ask you if i want if you want to have kids (laughs) that's fair oh my god very fair right yeah if you want if you want to know if i'm a top or a bottom do you want to have kids and find out (laughs) you can find out it's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre reality That's so <laughs> funny to, to, to think that that's so to think that funny. there are people who think that uh uh you know what are you packing is a to, th- to think that it's like oh i could never answer ew I, do i want to get married i just met you anyway uh uh you know uh you know you fuck on the first date it's like what do you do yeah and yeah yeah dave right and dave, by the johnny way, yeah yeah <laughs> i know i do but <laughs> yeah so my question do you have do you want to have kids do you want to get married because that's going to be that's going to be because to me i go look there's nothing wrong with like have i don't think there's anything wrong with having sex on the first day if you know what you're getting into right like if i know that like he's not wanting to bubble, settle down not want to be in a relationship but he wants to know my penis size and if i know what that's going to be so i get to decide in that moment if i'm going to do it and if i do that if I make that decision, I have to then deal with the consequence of like, that dude's not going to call me back tomorrow to the next day. Like he is not looking for to settle down. But if I'm looking to settle down and I settle, settle for that, whatever comes is my, is my consequence. And he's not a dick and he's not a player and she's not a this. It's like they told you who they are, who they were and who they are. And you decided, oh, no, 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 I'm going to, no, 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 no. I'm just, it's, no, he was, no. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like so many of dating blunders and things where I I hear a lot of people being like, that guy's such a dick. And it's such a quick, we're so quick to call Mm -hmm. someone an asshole, right? Mm -hmm. We're so quick. Mm -hmm. But the reality, in my opinion, is that most of the time we're telling people who we are Mm -hmm. and it's another person's choice to not listen. Absolutely. or ask the right questions. It's like, if you're not listening or you're not asking the right questions, it's like, you can't be mad at anyone but yourself. Mm-hmm. Wait, so are you dating right now during uh, um, no. quarantine? Oh, God, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. I, yeah, it well, sounds like you're doing inner work. I'm really, I'm dating myself. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I am too. <laughs> so like, what will, we, what will we be doing? 
yeah. walks, what, zoom, walks and zooms. And- I've done like, I've done a few and it's, I retire. I did a few. I did one this week and was like, I don't need to do this. Like this yeah, is so I mean, it's too risky. I retired wow. again. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like, look, I think I feel like because we <laughs> all have so we have so much we have so much time. I'm not convinced that these quarantine dates and the COVID dating is going to last because if you think about it, like I think everyone's just yeah. kind of settling for someone to cuddle up with doing the quarantine. And I'm not interested in like a quarantine relationship and who knows where things are going to go after this. And so I'm just not putting myself out there like that. Also, like, I don't think, I don't think it's safe, but also like I'm doing so much other inner work that like, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say like, I want to be like ready to go before I meet someone or maybe I've already met them and we're, in connection and we're just waiting you know what i mean so like i think that that i'm i'm in connection and because i'm in connection i'm i'm allowing that connection to to grow and to flourish and what will come of it will come of it but i'm not gonna just try to go out and date and hook up because i'm bored and i'm lonely yeah it's like not i also yeah Yeah. I love what you said about, I'm not convinced these quarantine relationships will last because I think you're right under the circumstance. Like if you were to tell someone like under the circumstance of a pandemic and you're dating, but you can only really go on two dates with like, you can only really, cause like safety wise, you could probably only take a walk with two different people before you're introduced to too many germs at that point. And then you're settling for a person who you probably wouldn't date outside of this Mm -hmm. right like so it's like I love the idea of just having faith that through staying connected you will eventually if not have already met the person you're Mm -hmm. supposed to be with for sure 100 um are you I want to touch on eating just a little bit are you are you eating any differently in quarantine or is it still pretty like the same I actually don't even know how right so well first of all I can't cook Same. <laughs> I can't cook and I have not, but I did in the, in like in the middle of quarantine, I started like, I bought like pots cause I didn't even have pots and pans until April. Um, and I, I know other people okay. who did that. That's the, look now, no time like the present. I didn't have pots and pans. Yep. So I had one skillet that I would use to make turkey bacon in the morning. Um, that was it. It only, I've only used it to make turkey bacon. It has never made anything else. In that <laughs> skillet. And I've had that skillet for like, that's all it knows. Like it likes what it, it likes. likes, what it likes. <laughs> that skillet wants one and thing, one so thing I only decided during quarantine, I was trying to learn <laughs> to cook. And so I've been, uh, so I've so far I've made ravioli unsuccessfully seven times. <laughs> Like, are we talking handmade ravioli? Are we talking like you're literally taking it from the package and putting it into the pot to boil? That. Here's the issue with that. that oh, I, my god! No, no. <laughs> Here's the issue with that, guy. So I've learned that I don't know how to boil water. <laughs> I'm in love with this conversation. Like, I think it's because I'm finally hearing stuff that like I've done and I'm like, I'm not alone. I was, I was like, I'm boiling the water and I put it in when the, bo- the water is boiled. And then my friend was like, well, show me. And I turned, she's like, 
Johnny, that water is not boiling. I'm like, oh, well, when is it boiling? Like I've been, it's been on this on the stove for 20 minutes, and she what? was like, "Girl, listen, are you, are, are you is is the heat too low? Are you putting it on a low heat or is it on high? No, I, it's high. I so look." Maybe I'm gonna say this. You may have a faulty oven, <laughs> or or this may be. Or it's possible that co- that you are not meant to cook, and and that's kind of. I think that honestly, because because we, we talk a big we talk a big game on the on on this show and have for years. If we want to learn, we can learn. It's it's adult to learn uh, to, to be mm-hmm. able to. And there's yeah. stuff I can make, and there's stuff that uh, you know I've I, my ability has increased over time. But there are some things that stress me out to the point where I know I'm not meant to do this, and that's okay because yeah. I can either order this, or I can I know someone else that can make it, or I can find an easier solution, or I can find a way to do it in in uh, on on a stovetop instead of in an oven because that's stressful. I think knowing your limitations in the kitchen make, makes everything because seven times the, the ravioli effort is. It's possible you'll nail it, but I'm I'm serious when I say that that <laughs> you can liberate yourself from the tyranny of of, ha- of deciding nope. that you're yeah you don't have you don't have to do this anymore. I bought four more because I'm going to make that ravioli. If it kills me, I went- and I know that the stove worked because my really good friend Tom comes over here and cooks all the time. Okay. Oh 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 okay. This is not really cooking, but this is my thing. I know how to make tacos. I learned That's how to cooking. make tacos. Oh. Yeah, so I, but I mean, I'm basically just making the ground beef, but- um, it's cooking. But that's my yes. That's my specialty. So every other Sunday, I will make tacos, and I do like a whole thing, and I love that. And I learn how to make lemon bars. So oh wow, so you're baking. I baked three times, four okay. times, and four all times. lemon bars. Lo- all lemon bars. bars. Wow. I tried to make um, a lemon pound cake twice. Didn't work out. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, these these sound like great. First of all, both items are like two of my favorite items. Ta- I love taco night. I love mm-hmm. taco night because I like walking to each station and like sprinkling lettuce onto my thing. And if you do taco night differently, I get really mad about it. I'm like, you have to give me options. Like I need a lot of options. Mm-hmm. I need to put... I need to sprinkle this stuff on. I need that sh- finely shredded Mexican cheese. Yes, that's what I get. Yeah, it's like, do not mess with bigger cheese for me. I'm mm-hmm. so, it almost should be a Taco Bell taco for me. Okay, so just to, just so we're clear here, I yeah. do buy the Taco Bell shells. You get the. <laughs> oh, yum. Yes. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah, hard that's tacos. What I want. Me too. I don't want no. soft ta- I want I want Taco Bell. Every time I go to a Mexican restaurant, like, do you want tacos? I'm like, is it hard shell? And they're like, no. I'm like, no, thank you. No, I don't want. <laughs> I don't want your weak tacos. I want. I know tacos to me. When people say taco night, I only picture hard shell. So it's very weird to me when someone's like, here's a corn tortilla, and I'm like, nope. What am it. I supposed to do with this? I won't do um, it. I love that. And lemon bars. That sounds so good. I love lemon bars. I actually uh, gained a lot of weight one time. Um, after a stint mm. of working at a bakery where all I ate was lemon bars. Let me tell you something. Yikes. It was, I, it was worth it, but it was a lot. It was, I worked at my first job out of when I left my last job, I was at a job that I didn't love and I was so miserable and right across from this little small deli and they would have four lemon bars that they would like, like, you know, how like those bakeries, like they have like their certain number and like, that's the shipment. 
every morning I go and buy all four and sit on my desk and I was eating lemon bars. Every time I had a feeling, I was like, eating, I gained probably 15 pounds in the eight months that I was there. And after that, I went off sugar for like a month and then it just all dropped off. But like instant. It, instant. You gain like it, it instantly drop. and then you drop it instantly. That kind the of. The moment you, yeah, you cut off sugar. It's I like, hate. Boop. It's such a, it's so I intense. I hate that that's true. And it is true. And every time I've done it, it's, there's no fudging true. the numbers. There's no lying or cheating about it. There's no quick fix. If you, if you do nope. this one thing. Nope. It's this. It's it's unlocking a, 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 a mystery box, and once you once you know it, you mm-hmm. can't unknow it. And so every time, every candy bar, every cookie, every ice cream, it's like moderation is totally fine. But if if there's if sugar plays a big part in your life, you will not get the results you seek, no matter what you do outside of it. And it's nope. it's madness. No, nope. it's madness. I've been exercise. I've been exercising every day, literally every day for the past like month and a half. And every night I eat a pint of ice cream. I, I basically, you're, you're breaking even. <laughs> I basically, I, but I'm not though, because I, I look at myself working out. And I'm like, I look like a baby seal out of water doing these workouts. No, you don't. I do, I'm like flapping about. But I like, can't believe your workouts too. <laughs> I'm like watching your workouts as much as I'm watching your dancing. And I'm like, you were doing workouts that like, I don't even think I could get through. Like I can walk 12 miles slowly, but I can't do what you're doing. Oh my God. It's, they're so hard. And, and I think that I'm treating myself with the ice cream and I'm like, I'm only, I'm only cutting myself off from feeling as good about myself when I finish working out to the end of the day. Like there's just something about like you're cutting yourself off from that happy, joyous and free feeling the moment you put that pint of ice cream <laughs> in your mouth. Yeah, maybe a pint is maybe a pint it's a, it's, too, it's much. too much. It's too but much. Like, I'm not, split but it I, in three and you're good. I don't know what, how. I know so many so many people don't. I somehow do, but I also like. I don't I know. think I could if I wanted to, but like you know, I'm just like we're in a pandemic. Like I'm yeah. not going anywhere. Like it, we need those joys. We know those I, little like joys to eat like at night because what else are we? Every night's Groundhog's Day. Otherwise, like, what am I doing? Like. <laughs> I'm, okay, great. Like, if I eat a pint of ice cream, like, who am I trying to impress? Like, where am I going? Yeah. You know what I mean? Nope. I'm not, no one's seeing, you know, me look like ice cream melting with my shirt off nope. other than me. My biggest question, though, is what kind of ice cream are we eating here? Oh, my God. Okay. So, <laughs> so, and this is, this is not because they're so freaking amazing, but Ben and Jerry's is like, the jam and re and I just only recently learned about their social activism yep. and like their political activism. I'm like, I would, I literally had a friend Venmo me money because she was like, you need to go get yourself 10 things of Ben and Jerry's. Like literally my refrigerator, my freezer, because I don't cook has like frozen food and ice cream. So it's, but it's half baked is my jam. I like, it's oh, like, that's so good. I just destroyed a pint of half baked so last good. week. And the week before that it was fish Every food. Day. And I never, I like it. I used to think I was a simple man with simple tastes. And then these flavors with these chunks and you got to dig them out. It really, it feels like an accomplishment. And somehow I have managed to keep it a little bit like I will, I can make a pint stretch a couple days, but it's only because it's so hard to get the actual chunks out. And and it, I mean, here's how you do that. 
you just put it in the ice in the microwave for 20, 15 seconds and it melts a little bit and then you're good to go. But don't do that because then you end up eating a whole pint like I like I do. I can't know that. Um, I can't. I want to unknow that. Just yeah, like no, we have that. to unlearn that. How do we unlearn that? Impossible. But that's that's the trick. So it's half baked. And then I discovered um, they have a, a Netflix uh, sponsored ice cream called Netflix and Chilled, and it's yeah. it's. Uh, peanut butter ice cream with salted pretzel um, flakes and fudge brownie. I thought it was going to be gross. It is. No, no, sounds amazing. It's amazing. And the last thing, this is is how bad it is. This is how bad it is. The last thing I I do is I go to Salt Straw um, and I get the double of the strawberry honey balsamic with black pepper. And the lemon berry with goat cheese habanera. And I get a mix of it. And it is life-changing. That's so many flavors. But I'm off, but I'm off that now. As of <laughs> yesterday. I'm off that. <laughs> I've quit you. I've, I've quit, quit you. Both. But literally as I'm speaking, I'm like, I could really go for some ice cream right now. But I've decided, Tom and I, um, who's my really good friend, who we eat a lot together. So he, I'm eating because he cooks. And he cooks a lot of great meals. But we've decided so nice. it's so nice. I today we had um, sea bass and sweet potato Ooh. and salad. I need a Tom. Oh my god, it is life changing. He cooks like three or four times a week. Ugh, Tom. Wow, Tom, if you're yeah. listening, thank Tom, you for your service. Rescue us, uh, Johnny. This is this has been uh, unbelievable. I, I, it's it's it was we touched on a lot of things, but it really did feel organic to me. And uh, and I would love to um, uh, direct our listeners to where they could find you. But but first, we would love to. Um, we actually haven't done this in a while, but I, I genuinely just want to know: uh, Would you be able to uh, answer our "I burn everything" five questions that we that we answer that we uh, ask all our guests? Oh my god! Of course. Okay. All right. Let's great. Do it. Uh, yeah, we spent a couple episodes of this season having people just pick a number one through five, and we gave them you know whatever uh, question corresponded to that. But I want to know all of them. Um, okay. Me question too. one, and these you know these can be like a little quicker. It's not a lightning round, but yeah, just let let us know. One, what was your most let yeah. it rip? <laughs> what was your most awkward first date? My my mo- uh, I met a guy on the street. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You love to see it. I met a guy on the street and he was like, hey. And I was like, hey. And he was like, you want to go? And I was like, yeah, let's go. That doesn't sound awkward. That sounds great. It was really awkward. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Organic intro, awkward execution. Because because I tried and he tried and it just didn't happen. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. There is zero. literally zero was, intimacy like, there. What if you do it like what? I, uh, I'm just gonna go. Yeah. Everyone's just. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. He's like, it's it's okay. Um, I mean, at least you, you get out of it. And you're like, you know, well, I don't know you, so it's not. I'm, it's not like you're gonna run into that person. And I couldn't tell you his name or, or, or what he looked like at this point. It was so long ago. But that was the most awkward <laughs> first date because we tried to like That's actually, so and funny. it just didn't. So. Question two. Hate, hate to see it. <laughs> you, you, you truly hated to see him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> number two. Who is your current uh, celebrity crush? 
My current celebrity crush. Oh my God. I'm so embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed by this, but my current celebrity crush remains the same. Kristen Stewart. I'm obsessed with her. That's not a bad one. And she was so hot in Charlie's Angels. I watched this movie, by the way, just so you know, every other night. I'm obsessed with it. She like, the, I just, I, there's something about like women who like with short hair. Stevie, I'm not hitting on you, I promise. But I love like short hair and like real like. I wish like, you were. I like tough women, like tough women who like, are like about their business. As a gay man, as a gay yeah, man. And that's hot. the thing, like my, mo- my crushes are g- generally women. I don't have a ton of like male crushes because I, no offense, but I think guys are stupid. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I see where you're coming from because honestly, like, you watch Charlie Daniels every other night. Like, my current celebrity crush is uh, Paul Newman. I've been watching all of Paul Newman's movies. Oh. And I, after, oh. after a lifetime of never watching any of them, but I watched a lot of old movies. And I'm like, how have I never watched anything that he's ever been in? And the man was amazing for 50 he's a dream. years. Wow. I have a guy crush. 50. I have a guy crush. I just, it just hit me. And it just happened last night. Andy Samberg, Palm Springs. I'm like, why didn't... And I have always found him so annoying. I don't know why. So annoying. And then in this movie... Oh, I was like... Not in that. Why my things? What is is happening? There was... He is so... I had a crush on both of them. I I was like, I like them both. First of all, I think she's beautiful. Kristen Milioti. I think she's beautiful. She reminds me of my first crush, which is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, she reminds me of Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I'm obsessed with her. But but oh. Kristen Stewart is my current crush, and now now Andy Samberg, and I kind of want to go watch the movie again just to see him because he was so not what I thought he was going to be that I like loved him, and he looks like the kind of guy that I'm into. It's two of the most charming yeah. performances I've seen in years. It, like I I had a smile on my face for an hour and a half straight, and honestly, to get a new piece of content in this oh. weird time to just know that this movie was coming and think like, well, I'm curious about it, and I watched it the whole time and went. Well, uh, this was amazing the whole way through, and I love these two now. I mean, I've, I like Andy Samberg, but this was like I'd never seen him and thought like, oh, you can. Pull I've it never out. seen him as a, uh, as a romantic interest um, until now, and I was like, oh, he can get it. He can get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he same. Can and does get it. I really like. I really liked him in okay, it. Okay, uh, number three is what's your favorite snack? But I feel like we could uh, skip that because we had a mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. in-depth conversation right, about ice it. cream. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, num- number four. <laughs> You sometimes there's a there's a there's a dark cloud surrounding this one because we had one where it was like you're about to be executed and what and you can order for your last His meal. Face. Again, we've amended it to just be what's your dream meal? You can like you're not going to gain there, there's no caloric gain. It's just a beautiful moment. You can design it. Yes, however you want, you design this meal. It can be from twelve different places. Anything you want. I would love to die and drown in a sea of lasagna yeah oh if god that just, sounds like, so good it's like if i honestly if this, that's the one thing i wish i could eat just every day if i could just eat lasagna like for me like lasagna and some garlic bread and like a cherry coke and i'm like that's it that's my Ooh. that's it i I love the simplicity of that, but also I have in quarantine because in quarantine, a few times I've had a homemade 
lasagna. I did not make it. I want to go on record as saying I basically almost barely helped making it, but I was, I've been able to, and I will give, I will shout out my girlfriend who I believe does not listen to this show at all, but she has made a couple, she's made a couple lasagnas from scratch and I helped her once and I will take no credit beyond that. It is at a time like this, a fresh, hot lasagna feels like, it's like, it's better than sex. It's like maybe a hug. It like, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, we finally got a hug. This is what it is. This is what yeah. it is. Question yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And this this is sort of our attempt to maybe tie things up in a nice little bow. It doesn't have oh. to, but if you could give your younger oh. self one piece of advice about relationships or food or both, what would it be? I would t- oh my God, don't cry. Um, Because whenever I think about my little self, I want to, I, I, you know what, honestly... I wouldn't say anything to him. I wouldn't, I would just give him a hug. Or a lasagna. <laughs> I would just, honestly, I would like that look like he needs a hug. Yeah. Because, because that I find a hug is the most intimate thing that I'm most afraid of. Yeah. When people hug me, when people really want to hug me, I'm like, I can't, that's too, that, no. but like when I give into it, Everything goes away. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm. And I, and that's I, such a beautiful answer. That's the first nonverbal answer we've ever gotten. Yeah, but it I works. That's got to be so – your younger self would love that. He would love a hug because he didn't get that. Aww. You know what I mean? Like he felt like he needed to do everything and be everything and save everyone and he never got, you know – and I'm imagining yeah. your, your, you finding your little self wandering around on that college campus and just giving and, and enveloping him in a hug. And that's so, uh, that makes no. me feel so good. It's, it's. No, you're going to make me cry. I, Johnny, I, 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 I we're, 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 we're wrapping up with you. I want to just thank you from, from the bottom of my heart. We've had a lot of really, really, uh, wonderful and interesting conversations with people over zoom in this weird time. But I think being able to tap into to joy and what it means to us at a time like this, all like across the board with how everybody's feeling it really, I really feel, um, I really connected with that. And I really, I really want to, uh, thank you. And I want to direct our, our audience to, to a place where they can learn more about you and about black boy joy. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? So they can find me on Instagram. I'm at just Johnny Webster and it's J U S T J O H N N Y Webster. I just, um, signed just black boy joy on Instagram. So it's J U S T black boy joy. I got yeah, yeah, I'm going to post it. Um, to tomorrow i think um but yeah so they can find me on instagram okay, i'm great. mostly on instagram i don't tweet i don't i'm too i don't know how it works um still but just john at just johnny webster is where you're gonna find black boy joy you'll find some dancing you'll find some chats that i'm having with myself yeah. and thoughts and videos and you'll see me working out and my dogs behind me unenthusiastically watching <laughs> Un- Un- unfazed by your physical fitness (laughs) pass out i'm like jumping around for dear life and they're like they're they're resting they're like gross (laughs) johnny thank you so much for this thank you for like sharing your joy with us thank you for sharing your joy with our listeners um i'm i'm your biggest fan thank you i am too well i am young (laughs) here we are 
We're all fans. We're your biggest fans. We're our biggest fans. Um, thank you guys <laughs> for having me. It's like, this was a hug. Yes. Me, truly. Okay. Vir- oh, virtual hug as we go out. Uh, thanks so much hug. for being on the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Stevie, I got to say, every, I mean, I feel like this has happened several times in a row, but I, I know it's not a contest where we're not in competition to present each other with people that we admire and want to show to someone else. But yeah, that was phenomenal. I'm so glad you thought so. I, I think so too. I love Johnny and he is probably one of my favorite humans on earth. Um, I love talking to him. He is wise. (laughs) That's boyfriend barking in the background in case you're wondering. There's a two month old puppy and you just got to let her rip. You know, we've, we sometimes do a lot of editing around, but you guys, you're getting the raw shit this week because this guy is so small. He's unpredictable. He's two months old. He's going (laughs) to bark again. We just got to work through it. He's, I cannot begin to describe how small he is. He is so tiny. He's also not growing. He's like not growing bigger. He's just growing fatter, which is like kind of the, (laughs) Kind of a dream for me. Um, very particular with food. But back back to Johnny. He uh, He's so wise and he's so smart, but he also is so heart. Honestly, this is so intense. Uh, he, I think the dog is like barking louder because we have because I, I vehemently said we wouldn't be editing. Like now he's really 100%. fucking popping off. Yeah. Um, but Johnny leads with his heart. Wow. Is this a joke? (laughs) He leads with his heart. And that's like my favorite part about him. He's so heart driven. And I think it takes a lot of inner work to be able to lead with your heart in a world that's so harsh. And, um, and I just love him. I loved our conversation with him. Yeah, it was incredible. And it did teach me a lot, but just the the way that it was freewheeling really touched me because I felt so connected to what he was saying. And, and, just the idea of engaging with your younger self and and remembering oh. who you used to be and 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 living uh living authentically while also engaging with the real very real threat against you as a black man and obviously I don't per- I can't empathize with that but I felt for him so deeply and uh and beyond that he just is it, he's a lovely man yeah he's wonderful and so and and he's brilliant and so I just, I just, I really loved it. And, um, I I hope, I hope everybody got a huge kick out of that, out of that interview because, um, because I, I was, I was enthralled. Um, yeah, me too. I want to, I want to tell you about the poll. Do you remember the poll I took this week? That was like, um, what are three things in your opinion that make up a great romantic relationship? Okay. Mm -hmm. I took a poll about 50 people answered. Um, and, the first like overwhelming answer was trust. The second was shared sense of humor and laughter. That was like a second runner up type vibe. And the third was open communication, um, which I'm not surprised by those answers, but I also like that. I think it's very interesting that trust is like number one on yeah. there. I like really think that's important and um, kind of impressive. And the my overall favorite answer was, um, this was the three the person gave empathy, chemistry, and forgiveness. I just thought that was Ooh. like, I thought that was a really beautiful answer. And kind of like, to me, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. If you encompassed all those things, like 
yeah, there's no laughter in there, but chemistry probably falls under laughter. You know what I mean? Like, or laughter falls under chemistry. So I was like, I, I love that answer, but I like that poll. I was like, so surprised by people's answers. I'll also read to you a few of the other, like, so people answered all sorts of different things that were important to them. So it was like comfort, likability, transparency, patience, um, vulnerability, quality time, care and support. One person wrote pizza uh, ah. Another person, another person wrote hugs, which fits into this episode perfectly. Um, yep. se- sex, um, intimacy, and a very smart friend of mine wrote a tuning, like a tuning to each other's needs. Which, mm-hmm. man, I just thought, I like that poll. I thought that was really cool to see that everyone's like core values are actually kind of similar. Yeah, and that their hearts are in the right place. I mean, trust and I, I think forgiveness is honestly kind of huge because you can have chemistry and you can have uh you can know you can have uh uh laughter and 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 all that stuff but you're gonna you're gonna mess up and like relationships are about moving through difficult times just as much as they are sitting in in the in the joyful stuff so i think being able to let go of things is just as as important as uh as as building together so i think i I mean i really i really um i really feel i felt that me too. What would be your three? Ooh, um, I think laughter has to be there. Laughter, yeah. uh, laughter, forgiveness. I'm going to steal forgiveness. Laughter, forgiveness, and um, patience. Oh, I love that. I think yeah. mine would be almost exactly as yours. Mine would just be laughter, forgiveness, and chemistry. Oof, I left out chemistry. You know what? It's implicit. If I don't have chemistry, I'm not in a relationship. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> There's a no lot of things. No kidding. That... No kidding. Um, Dave, tell me about the poll that we did, the other one. So I popped off pretty hard last week, and I, I, I make no apologies, but I was very upset that nobody, uh, not nobody, but that a lot of people are not social distancing. And uh, you, Stevie, put it out there and said, you know, what are you doing to, you know, uh, have fun while also implementing social, social distancing as sort of a rallying cry to anyone who might not be doing it who's listening to this. And we got some great answers. I made cheese today. That's what somebody said. Hiking at least oh. three times a week. I see my a friend and I see the trees. Uh, social distance picnics, outdoor shooting range, not a very Cali hobby, I'd guess. Fostering no. slash adopting cute dogs, says Big Love Animal Rescue. Thank you very much. Riding yeah. my one wheel, riding my one wheel with my mask, which is great. Uh, that's one of those crazy boards that has like one wheel in yeah. the middle that I always think is from the future. Tie dyeing everything I own and running through sprinklers and then a butterfly emoji. I love it. I bought a kayak. Picnics wow. are the best. Um, I mask up so hard that I like to pretend I'm walking to rob the joint. Well, that's, <laughs> that's good. Um, I guess role play is fun. Sunday night board games online with friends. That's great. Picnics are the best. Yeah. Okay. Picnics are getting a lot of love. Beach I like, walks. I like the answer of picnics. Cause I do think they're a thing that were, that were kind of overshadowed before this, but now we have like a deep love for eating in a park. Yep. My, uh, a good friend of mine yesterday told me that he had a, a, a first hinge date with someone socially distanced outside and they had both talked about liking Taco Bell. So they had a Taco Bell picnic, which is very funny. That is so boyfriend, funny. Boyfriend <laughs> perking up at the, at the utterance of Taco Bell. Dave love, he loves Taco Bell. We can't stop. He eats Taco Bell, you know? Uh, eating muffins six feet away, getting lost in the woods. I, I wrote in and said, recording a podcast about dog pee, because we talked about dog pee last week. 
Uh, Naruto running while pretending to wear my uh, wearing my mask, pretending to be a ninja. That's very cute. Making and getting birthday gifts for friends months ahead, so I don't have to stress. Whoa, that is a productive uh, way to social I thought, distance. And have I fun. was like, that's intense and so good. I la- I would like to be friends with that person who buys gifts months in advance. Yeah. Uh, playing golf with a mask, social distancing, and one person per cart. It can be done. You hear that, President of the United States? You can socially distance and play golf. Your dream. Uh, and those are my favorite ones. And, uh, oh, man, this puppy is freaking wilding the frick out. Here's what's happening. I had him and all the other dogs in their cage for an hour and 30 minutes. And then to do the wrap up, I let him I let them out to go potty. But here's the thing about puppies. They get bouts of energy that you cannot control. And he why he's barking is he's currently wrestling with holiday. And it's Uh, like he's having fun. He normally doesn't bark. He doesn't bark at other things. He just likes to be vocal when he's playing with her, which is just the most unfortunate time for me right now. But also like, hope you guys like dog barking. Uh, Quick puppy wrap up for me. I was fostering a puppy last week. I had her for a week. We had a beautiful, wonderful time together. She got adopted. Uh, She had crazy bursts of energy. They were very, very funny. She loved to chase this little purple tennis ball and she would run all the way across my room and then fall over because she didn't have her balance yet. It was very, very adorable. And I will share very quickly that when I gave her back, I, I brought her to the dog rescue place to meet this prospective family. The woman at the front desk said, or the woman who was who was you know in charge of all the dogs said, I think that they might take her. You should say goodbye to her. And she handed her to me and we sort of like, I nuzzled her and I said, I'm going to miss you. Oh, I, say, I think I remember saying it was nice to meet you, which is a very funny <laughs> thing to say to a 10 week old puppy. But then I like kind of gave her a little nuzzle. I gave her back. And then these two people started to talk to her to, to like interact with the dog. The woman put the the this puppy down, and while okay. this this family was meeting the puppy, I was walking away towards the gate, and the gate was slatted with like holes in it. It had openings in the gate, and I closed the gate, and the dog took off after me <gasps> because she didn't want me to leave, and she got her little head stuck up to her neck in this dog gate so she had her little head sticking through uh-uh, one side of the gate uh-uh. and her butt was on the other side of the gate and she was kind of whimpering and i was like oh boy i gotta keep moving or i'm gonna start tearing up over here and oh, i just left. that is so it, sad it was a great but it was a really nice note to leave on and and uh my my uh girlfriend was hilarious because this dog really did love me and i've i was i've i've long said like i don't want a dog that's going to sit one couch cushion away from me i want like like with a couch cushion between us i want next cushion to me or on my lap only and this dog only wanted to be near me she was so small i would go to yeah. the, the i go to the bathroom sink and i'd be like oh no where is she and i'd look down and she'd be behind my foot so i got i did i got what i wanted but at a, at a at a high price this dog was was truly crazy boyfriend you're bonkers my guy you have to chill we're almost done oh Um, my gosh he's losing his mind oh my only update besides my puppy is fine now he got kennel cough from being a rescue puppy but he is on a bout of antibiotics and no longer coughing um but he is barking to play um (laughs) as you all can hear and my other update is i quit dating again i quit dating (laughs) on dating apps i tried it for i think four days dave um let me tell you something uh, it was the same experience I had last time. Uh, pretty underwhelming. I went on like two walking dates and 
while they were fine, like it just sort of feels unsafe a little bit, like in California, at least in Los Angeles. And I did my best, but uh, I bowed out of them last night. I deleted it and I said, adios. And I'll date, I'll, I'll date someone. I'll date someone when the world's back together. Great. Or you'll date someone next week. Uh, like we said last Who's week, you can get on and off the amusement park ride whenever you want. If it feels good, do it. If it feels bad, don't do it. If it feels good to not do it, don't do it, etc. Listeners, you can call us at 213-458-4236. That is 213-458-4. Wait. Oh, no. I've been so confident that I knew this number by heart. 213-458-4236. Five two three six. It's five two three six. I never <laughs> knew this. Not I never knew this number and never tried. So everything sounds right to me. Two one three four five eight five two three six. That's our that telephone number. Right. We we've gotten some some uh, voicemails that I'll be playing in the future. You can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We have a very very kind new review. I'd like to read. If you write us a review, I will read it on the air. Boyfriend, you got to stop barking because I'm going to read a really nice review by Maddie3H. That's M-A-D-I-3-H. My new fave is the subject. Wait, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. The subject line is, you want to just go grab him and see what happens if you just pick him (laughs) up? Yeah, give me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just grab him. It's fine. Oh, vamp. Listeners, I just want to say I feel very good about this episode to the point where I got to be honest with you. It's very hot in Los Angeles. It's been in the 90s. And I uh, I was very hot and tired this afternoon. I took like a mandatory 20-minute nap. I could barely keep my eyes open. I woke up. I ate some fruit. I ate some nuts. I drank a lot of water. And then we had this episode and I'm, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. So I really do. I feel like I feel high, honestly, like meeting Johnny over Zoom and and, and this recording really kind of opened my eyes and made me feel great. And, and I... I don't know. I'm it's 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 nighttime now and I just I feel so full of energy. I don't even know if I'll be able to sleep. So here's this great review we got. Subject line, my new fave. This is by Maddie 3H. Stevie and Dave are great hosts. I started listening during quarantine. I love the food slash relationship talk and the guests are fantastic. Although a lot of times they say they're still figuring out the format for a virtual setting and what to talk about. I feel they're talking about exactly the right things. Keep up the good work. Two exclamation points. And Maddie, this is so wild. Uh, I'm yeah. assuming your name is Maddie because Stevie and I literally had a phone call, you know, t- to show you how some of the sausages made or the vegan sausage, depending. Uh, we we <laughs> will we will talk midweek. We'll talk like between episodes about kind of the state of the show and how we want to do it. And we'll, we'll we'll take notes for our guests. And 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 it's been actually like really nice and, and sort of a great way to keep on topic or on task. And we were talking about, you know, not adhering to our format and how that's not okay. That's okay sometimes. And while I was in the middle of this phone call with Stevie, I looked at Apple podcasts just to see what was up. And we had gotten this, uh, we had gotten this review as we were having the car, like, like the same day, I believe it dropped like this was on Tuesday. So thank you, Maddie. You're somehow clairvoyant. Uh, you can also email us at ibrandeverythingpod at gmail.com. And, uh, and we'll be back at you next week with a brand new episode. And, uh, and, and we're, we're just, we're still really enjoying doing it. And I feel, I feel so energized after today, Stevie, while you were picking up the dog, I was telling the, the audience that I feel like I am on uh, a natural high. Uh, me too. It feels like I went on a good date, which is, which is rare, know, which is apparently not happening. Um, but it gives you so much you sh- good energy. And you should also know, listeners, that I'm on Zoom and Stevie has, uh, she's, uh, got unexpectedly tan and she looks like. <laughs> Um, she looks like a girl in an 80s movie where like, 
uh, Jeff Goldblum would be like leaving a restaurant and he sees a girl at a red light and he t- and he like lowers his sunglasses and goes, oh my. And then, oh my and then you sort of like, oh, oh my. I, I spent, um, I spent one hour in the sun today at, I, I went swimming with so much sunscreen on, but I'm, because I'm Swedish, I get so tan and I am so tan that I'm like, it's very, it's palpable. It's very weird. Yeah. It looks like an, uh, it looks like a vibe that someone would curate for themselves on purpose, but instead you're just <laughs> like, you're just feeling Cali yes. chill. Yeah. I'm pretty, hey, what are you going to do? Hey, I'm pretty Cali chill. LA <laughs> LA chic, whatever you want to say. Hang 10, bro. <laughs> Hang 10, bro. Uh, Steve, I will talk to you soon. Listeners, you will hear from us soon and uh, get in touch with us if you want. And uh, keep on hugging. Oh, wait. Don't hug. Keep on... Stay, Don't hug. stay safe, stay sane, and give yourself a hug. Love that, Dave. Goodbye, Stevie. Goodbye, Goodbye Dave Goodbye, Stevie. Okay, bye. <laughs> Oscar. Yeah, Claire. Claire. Do you love Disney movies? Uh-huh. Have you seen them all? Not, Not all of them. them. What do you guys think if we watch them all in chronological order and then talk about them? Ooh. Oh, and what if we could talk about it with some of our favorite friends? <gasps> I love that. Yeah, what if we do it inside the Disney Vault? You know, that's the name of our podcast, Inside the Disney Vault on Campfire Media. Yeah, check us out on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to yours. That's Inside the Disney Vault. Let's go. Woo! Campfire.